Hey, what's up, gamer? Welcome to another day on the podcast. I'm your host, The Wolf, and we are going to explore what makes a game good. What is it about a video game that makes it so engaging that you can't put it down? Now, obviously, we're not kids anymore, and we have some level of self-control. You know, when I was growing up, and I'm sure it was the same for you, if I got a really good video game like Star Fox or something, I could not, I could not put that shit down. Like, <laughs> I had to play all night, all day, 36 hours straight, like, it, it just had to happen. Now, it, I, I have other obligations, I have to go to work, I have to do chores, I have to do this and that, and it, it's, it's less likely for me to get totally enthralled with a game to a point where like I will I will be tempted to shirk my responsibilities that's very rare lately uh, but Hogwarts Legacy man is it's there's something about that game and it started me thinking like what what is it about this game that's got me so hooked. Why am I so hooked on this game? And more than that, what what is it that's driving the sales despite all this controversy, right? And why why is this game why is this game so special? Why is it sticking out like a sore thumb in the landscape of culture and gaming? So, I've been thinking about it and here's here's what it is. Here's what it is. It's partially the storytelling, it's partially the environment, and it's partially that it's it, it transports you to a world where that's believable. So I'll I'll explain that further. The the story I said yesterday, the story's kind of whatever. When I say the story, I mean that you it's open enough that and this is part of the the marketing that they put out there. It's open enough that you can create your own tale. You can tell your own story. You know, I, my coworker and I are playing simultaneously, and you know, sharing memes and this and that. Uh, and we're on totally different paths. I I don't know what she's up to. I don't know how she's engaging with the game, but you know, I I know or I'm relatively certain that she's not exploring every dungeon and looking for every, you know, trying to be the best the the most powerful spellcaster that she could be. I'm relatively certain of that. You know, um so it it's that's part of what makes it so enthralling is that you get to tell your own story and that's what we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks as far as character creation you know it being able to have a baseline character who appears either male or female or maybe is androgynous if you can impart upon that character whatever story you want you know say I I mean I could make a 
I, I could make a character in Hogwarts Legacy, for example, and this is not a great example, but for example, you could make, I could make a character in Hogwarts Legacy and then in my head, my headcanon, thank you passions for that word, headcanon, my headcanon can say that this wizard or witch is from outer space, right? And really they are on the Starship Enterprise and they're using, it's not actual magic, they're using, you know, tricks of the, the transporter room or whatever. Like, I can tell myself that story if I really wanted to. I could say that, you know, I'm I'm the greatest spellcaster ever to exist, or, or I could say I'm the best explorer to ever to exist, you know, or I'm the best slacker to ever, like, it, allows you so much opportunity to tell your own story that it's really, really engaging, really engaging. And it's similar to Minecraft in that sense. You, I think you have to stretch a little bit further with Minecraft, but, and I mentioned Minecraft because it's one of the most successful games. Like we were talking about on the weekend, uh, weekend edition, it's, it's so blank. It's super, super blank. Like, it gives you a lot to do, but story-wise, it's, like, super blank. And you can you can do whatever you want to uh, and tell your own story and create your own, your own world. That's half of what's happening in Hogwarts Legacy. The other part is that the environment in Hogwarts Legacy is very, very... Uh, rich. It's very detailed. I I was scrolling out last night and looking at the map. I thought it was just a couple of places that you could go, but I zoomed out. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. I'm like, how far can I go? And I just kept zooming out, and I'm like, holy shit. This map is massive. It's not just Hogwarts. It's like an entire section of England. It's fucking huge. Like it's so big that I've been, I've been walking around intentionally trying to take everything in and like absorb the environment. But this map is so damn big. It's like Skyrim levels of big. It's fucking huge. <laughs> so like I did not expect that. It was kind of a pleasant surprise. Uh, and it adds more depth to, you know, uh, again, the, your headcanon, right? You could go exploring in the forest and run across something. Uh, it may not be as interesting as the main story, but you can go off the beaten path and, and do random things, which is something that I sincerely appreciate. That's part of what makes Fallout so good for me, near and dear to my heart. So it's partially the environment and the castle, man. I gotta, I gotta talk about the castle a little bit more. Again, it's like a character in and of itself. It's the grandeur and the detail and like, it's it just, it sucks you in to a point that like, it, it, it feels real. It feels real. And because it feels real, it's easy to get lost in this thing and to want to go back. So those are, those are the components that are making this game so freaking good. Um, it's also partially the nostalgia, you know, it's, it's 
my wife was asking me, interestingly enough, Robin was talking to me about the appearance of my character because I looked, I looked all kinds of, all kinds of fucked up. I was wearing like a purple robe with a blue scarf, blue checkered scarf and like these glasses and one of, one of the eyes looks like a fucking, like a newt. <laughs> and, and I had like a, like a nighttime cap that was blue and yellow. It was absurd. My character looked fucking absurd. She's like, is this game targeted at kids? And I, and I had to stop and think, is this game actually targeted at kids or is it targeted at people our age? And I think, I don't think this is targeted at kids. <laughs> I don't see, I didn't think to ask that question, but I, I, no, I don't think this game is targeted at kids. This is targeted at full grown adults, which feels weird, but <laughs> it's, it's targeted at us who grew up with the books, you know, or the first couple of movies in the early, in the, yeah, early, mid and late nineties. Um, it's, it's targeted at us, which is kind of funny. Uh, luckily I've figured out also that you can change the appearance of your armor and you don't have to look fucking ridiculous all the time. So that was cool. But it, it's a game that, I don't know, man, the more I play it, the more it's just, it, it feels like it, it could be game of the year. It really could be. And specifically on PC, they've got multiplayer now because of Skyrim modders. You know, it's little DLCs. Uh, Quidditch, I'm sure, is going to be a DLC. If it's not, I'll... I'll eat my hat, but you know, a couple of DLCs and it, it is absolutely going to be game of the year. I can't really see Starfield being this engaging and this, this much fun. Uh, part of me hopes that I'm wrong because I, I love the sci-fi genre. I love flying around in space and like mining and trading and doing the whole sci-fi thing. I, fucking love doing all that but Hogwarts Legacy is like it's living in my head rent free and I can't get it out and you can tell that it's the same kind of everywhere because that is all anybody can talk about uh, or maybe it's that I'm attracted to it and like that's all I can I care to read at this point I mean, there, there are other things to talk about, but I mean, unless you want to talk about a game that you've never heard of, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> there are, that's really the big topic of the day. It's, it's, it's the last of us, it's Hogwarts legacy, and it's the Microsoft acquisition of, of Activision. Those are the three topics that I think anyway are the most interesting. So it it's a fascinating thing to study uh there's still a lot of pushback against it you know there's a there's a bundle people are pushing alternatives to hogwarts legacy which i think is perfectly fine um i don't know that those games are you know somebody floated that elden ring is a better spellcasting game than hogwarts and 
possibly that's true. You know, I, I never... I, I didn't make it very far in Elden Ring. But Elden Ring is also not a casual game. <laughs> it's not... It's not a wide net for people so it possibly could be a good alternative but it's it one doesn't have the nostalgia factor and two is like it's designed for for gamers it's not it's not a story-based game per se you you have to know what you're doing you have to be very accurate with your movements and your dodges and your attacks it's it's a whole thing it's definitely not like, hey, map four buttons and you can use this magic whenever you want with some cooldown. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, the point is that there's really no good alternative to Hogwarts Legacy. And I don't know. I mean, that I think it highlights that there's a market there for, for spell casting. Uh, stories or like something like Fable, you know what I mean? Um, it Fable filled that niche pretty well. It could have done a lot of things better, but you know it's medieval England or you know an equivalent, and you are a hero and you get to be you get to play the hero. Join an association of heroes. Are you are you going to be the the big strong one, are you going to cast spells, you know, are you going to be the archer, what are you going to be, and then you get to roam around and, and create your own, your own story, so that's, that's what I think is driving sales of Hogwarts Legacy, uh, the controversy is causing a lot of chatter, which is causing a lot of curiosity, curiosity is then in turn driving sales you know because the, the game is just it's enjoyable it's a fun time so that's that's what's happening and it's uh the wider discussion about the controversy and the 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 reasons behind it i i feel a little bit bad for the people that are sticking to their guns and still want to boycott it and still want people to have nothing to do with this game because this very easily could have been turned into uh, a victory because again like like what what's happening with this and this is what happens with all art is once an artist puts their work out into the wild it's no longer just theirs it's it's all of ours so this, particularly this game, because J.K. Rowling had nothing to do with it, this could have very easily been turned into a victory, and it could have very easily, very easily been turned into something that went against her, you know, and drowned out her views. If that was your, uh, what you wanted to do, you know, it could very easily have been a major victory. Uh, but it's not because you can't just enjoy things that are well done, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting cultural phenomenon. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm curious to see 
how the game develops and whether the, the chatter, how long the chatter is going to continue. Uh, because like we were saying on the weekend edition, Elden Ring came out last year and it felt like it had been four years by the end of the year, by, by December of 2022. It felt like Elden Ring had come out two years ago. So we'll see if we get the same feeling in about 12 months, but it, it, I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting ride. In other news, uh, Microsoft has clarified that kind of what we were speculating about yesterday. It's clarified that not every game is losing out on sales with Game Pass. Sometimes uh, Microsoft will straight up fund the development and let the developer publish like on Sony or Switch, but because Microsoft funded the project, they get day one Game Pass release, uh, you know, like, like Phil Spencer said a couple of years ago, good, better, or best on Game Pass on Xbox. So it's, or first, better, or best. That That's what it was. First, better, or best on Game Pass. So, I mean, that's one outlet that they've taken, uh, Others that they mentioned were that, you know, they would subsidize some of the sales uh, to have a better version of the game or, you know, it, it distribute uh, uh, across all, all of its platforms to, to ensure that the game would get more sales. It It's kind of a game-by-game -game deal that Microsoft has going on with Game Pass. So that is why developers are still using Game Pass. They still seem happy enough to, to join the ever-growing library of games on Game Pass. And that's, that's how they're continuing to make money, despite some percentage of developers losing out on physical sales. So... And, and like I said yesterday, I, I really, I can envision a future where Game Pass is 20 or $30 a month and, you know, that, that gets just distributed to the developers uh, in the same way that Netflix distributes money. But we're not there yet. Hopefully it's still a while longer before we get there. Uh, but, you know, it, it's... It's all a trade-off, right? Because these developers aren't going to, if they are digital only, if they're part of Microsoft's environment, they don't have to create physical discs and game cases and pay for the gas and the trucks to get the, get the fucking disc to Walmart or GameStop or whatever. Uh, they don't have to pay for any of that. So they can rake in more profit and they can fix the game kind of instantly. They can just put out a patch to one single source or a couple of sources at, at Microsoft. And then it's like instantly fixed for everybody. They don't have to, you don't have to push out, uh, an update for everybody that owns the game. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting future particularly for Call of Duty, it could, with Microsoft Azure 
and the ability that Microsoft has to like do cloud gaming, it, it could again revolutionize uh, live gaming services. You can just stream the shit anywhere and get, you don't have to store 160 gigabytes worth of one game anymore. Uh, you know, you could just keep your local save file and that's it. Or however they plan to do it. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a computer scientist, but that seems to be where we're going. And, uh, I, it seems favorable to everybody so far. So that's where that is. Uh, with that, I'm going to end it here tomorrow. We're going to talk about, uh, something else. Hopefully, hopefully there's something more interesting to discuss. Uh, part of me wants to talk about The Last of Us again and how Bella Ramsey is not... This version of Ellie is just not likable. But I'm going to do a little bit more research, see what people think, and, and maybe try to narrow it down a little bit more. But uh, anyway, that's just a, a thought that's floating around my head. I'm not sure if we're going to actually do that. Anyway, I hope you have a good rest of your day. I will catch you tomorrow, and uh, you have a good one. Peace.